You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the League podcast episode 313 brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy members like you. iFanboy.com Pick the League Podcast. It's the unlucky episode 313. More like lucky. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. All about the 13. We are at fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. We read a bunch of comics this week. Not as many, but we're okay with that. We come back to the website. We write about the best book we read. That's the pick of the week. We talk about the website and the other books of the week, other topics of interest, emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun things. And uh, before we get to the show, a reminder, this is a, it's a discussion show about comics, so there'll be spoilers. If you haven't read your books, come back or just realize that it's not a big deal. If, once you realize that, I think you're much happier in life. I didn't, by the way, I didn't do the spoiler warning last week, and I don't think anybody complained. Did you see any complaints? Oh, we can probably drop it from the script then. Yeah. It was, that was my experiment. It's all about cutting the script to the bone. Yeah. Lean writing, people. I, if it takes a sentence to stop the angry emails, I'm fine with that. I just want to Josh, you can just direct the emails to, to Ron. No, to be honest, I think, I, yeah, I miss the angry emails. So, yeah. we, I have some. Uh, <laughs> if uh, I get them, uh, I'm saying if we work for how many years to get people to really care about the comics, and now we're going the opposite way. Uh, now we're like, enough, or don't, enough. or don't buy that money. It's how fine. we keep it interesting for ourselves. Yeah. Now we go backwards. Yeah, we got to mix it's it up. Cyc- we got to change. It's cyclical. Yeah, it's evolution. So this, this week, Ron had the pick. I did, and Lord, was I happy to have a small pull list. <laughs> Not that I dislike comics. I love comics, but, man, it's been a rough couple of months, and having 12 books was a, a sigh of relief after the third. It's a nice change of people complaining. Like, no, you know, it's nice. It's it nice. It's nice to be reading my comics at, like, like, a really bizarrely early hour of the day. <laughs> and you get you get a little breathing room, and you get a little, you know, but also it gives, it, it gives an opportunity for – other books that sometimes get overshadowed or whatever to shine, like the case of this week's pick of the week, which is Near Death number three. Near Death is uh, a book published by Image Comics, written by Jay Ferber, with art by Simone Guglielmini. 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 Google. I'm Googliata. <laughs> and um, we talked about Near Death when the first issue came out, and I was very bullish on it. I was very excited for it because I've been a fan of Jay Ferber's for a while, and it was his kind of, as far as I know, his first real entry into like kind of doing a crime book. And what I really, really enjoyed, uh, and I talked about it in my review, and I talked about it when we talked about it on the first issue. What I really enjoyed about it was that I, while it, this is a crime book, I also I kind of I don't call it a crime book. I feel like it's like more like a crime slash action book. Because it lacks that really noiry kind of feel that I've, I feel has been totally beaten to death over the past couple of years. Um, it's like three in books. Com- in comics, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> I've seen – you know, I can't tell you how many times – You just don't want to be talked to about stuff you're not interested Oh, no, so much crime. No, There's two crime books. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. But it's just like – but you know, I mean in, in our work, you know, we work at Graphically. We work at iFanboy. We get a lot of stuff. If I see another book described as being noir, you know, and like that sort of thing, it's just like, oh, all right, enough with the noir. But – Regardless, so Near Death is a is a little bit of a breath of fresh air in that it's a crime book, but it has a 80s action TV show kind of feel to it. I love the format of it. I love that it's 
uh, a one-and-done kind of scenario. You could literally pick up this book not knowing anything about the characters or anything and read it, and you'll get the gist of it. You'll get the idea that it follows this guy Markham who is trying to be a better person than, than the professional killer he was because he had a near-death experience and, and is afraid that he's going to go to hell, so he's trying to undo all the killings he did by saving lives. You totally Does pick it work up— that way? Is that in the Bible? I don't know if that's, if that's uh. really theology. Theology approved— so you get the sense that you got this guy who's a who's a criminal, who's a contract killer, who's trying to turn things around. I thought this issue specifically was interesting because we get introduced to it, which could potentially be an interesting relationship or character dynamic. We get a little glimpse of his past, uh, of the main character Markham's past when he killed a cop. And he happened to kill the partner of a cop who in the present day he runs into in, in Seattle. And he actually catches wind of the fact that she's being targeted by some other crooked cops. And he steps in to save her and help her bring him, bring him down. That's totally the kind. And it's just one, this self-contained story. It just happened. I thought it was a well-done, well-paced story. We got the glimpses of the past. You saw what happened in terms of the action. And then the resolution was not the, you know ultra-violent, kind of everyone died, gun battle, whatever, actually was pretty clever. And it was, you, you know, utilizing methods that you wouldn't expect from a crime book, you know, like leveraging the press and, you know, kind of almost more, more realistic kind of scenario. And I just, I, after I read it, I'm like, that's, I just had so much fun reading it. And really, I think that's, you know, a kind of comic that's not out there right now. Yes, there are a lot of comics that are fun, but very few are just like strictly one and done. You know, like so many were, you know, we're writing for the trade or we're doing story arcs and things like that. But the idea that you can pick up one issue and enjoy it for what it is and not worry about what's before or what's coming after is immensely gratifying in my, in my, in my mind. And, you know, additionally, I think it's the kind of book that you can do in comics. I think that's a, it's a, you know, we see a lot of creator-owned comics, you know, kind of leveraging different genres and different things like that. While, yes, this could be a great, this could be developed into a great TV show, and I hope maybe it is, if Jay's lucky and all that sort of stuff, if it goes down that path. But, you know, he's got stories to tell, and, okay, great, you want to have a contract killer who drives a Maserati and have a big, you know, have, have this thing happen down at a police station, stuff like that. You can do that in comics. It doesn't, there's no budget, there's no limitations or anything like that so it's cool to see these kind of stories being told it's definitely unique there's not a lot of books out there like this that are doing it in this style it can be tough on the storytelling though i thought there's a lot of leaps in this issue that didn't really make a lot of sense because they had to get the story done quickly because it's just a one issue and it's tough when you're trying to tell yeah they are self-contained for the most part but he also has an ongoing arc um yeah in the background and there was a big leap in the middle where he's he's befriended this cop and she's been the one trying to chase him because he killed her partner a long time ago and he basically tells her, hey, I went, to, I went to hell, I saw my victims, now I'm trying to do good. And she basically just accepts it and moves, yeah. and moves on. And it was kind of like, you have to, I mean, I understood why he had to go that way because you yeah. can't, you, you don't have time for him really to convince her, but it just kind of felt very abrupt. And this is not like a TV show. If you film this script, it wouldn't take a half, an hour. Right. So it's not like you have even TV length to to do it. You have you have probably a third of a TV show length to to, to and tell the story. And so that's it's tough. The, and that's yeah. And that's almost the, the the interesting challenge in that. And I totally can see that. And you're contained by the number of pages. But I I, I made the comparison of this actually in the in the review on iFanboy.com. <clears throat> I made the comparison to the Human Target on Fox, that TV show, which I immensely enjoyed and and made me remember the you know like it was very reminiscent of a Stephen Cannell kind of '80s you know kind of action kind of show. 
But like I remember watching that show, and there were tons of leaps like that. I mean, like you you do things; they move the story along. You just have to accept like how did they get from point A to point B so quickly? Whatever, move on, just let it go. You know, like and and some and while I do agree with you that you probably could have stretched this out, and this could have you could take this story and probably decompress it and make it into a three issue kind of story arc. The challenge is, is to get it into one issue, and sometimes you just got to be okay with that. You know, I understand that's the, the yeah. challenge. I don't I don't necessarily think it should have been. It's right. just that it's it's tough in this format. I don't know that it's perfected yet. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a solid book. I don't know that it's a great book, of you know, for me, but I think it's a solid book. Yeah, and Guglielmi's art is um, very, you know, like I could see comparisons to Sean Phillips in terms of, but I think Sean Phillips goes a little more cartoony. I actually got a, I got more of a Michael Lark feel in this issue than than anything, but you know, definitely solid in terms of you know solid uh, solid art, solid storytelling. Lo- love his drawing of that Maserati. No, he. I mean, he does cars great, and, yeah. and if, if if he had did a book of all car chases, it'd be it'd be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's a little it's a little stiff. It, again, it's kind of like the story. It's, it's good, but it's it's missing some some element that makes it great. Yeah. Well, either either way, I'm, I enjoyed it. It was my it was you know like there were a bunch of books that I that very much did enjoy this week, but like ultimately when I finished this one, I'm like, oh man, this is just fun. This is just fun comic booking. Will you guys stop arguing? <laughs> because yeah, I, this level of tension and this. <laughs> This anger that is between you right now, where where Ron says, "Oh, this is really good," and then and then Connor's like, "Yeah, it's good." I just, just it's driving me crazy. I can't. I I don't know if I can work like that. I could. I may have to go. <laughs> I just just guys keep it professional for God's sakes. <laughs> I didn't read it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the the Maserati's in it, Josh. I love that car. Oh well, then shit. I love that car. So are posters at, at, at uh, stores in the mall that sell bongs and fake lube. Uh, anyway. Not that I'm comparing this book to that. I can't believe you just said lube. What's fake really? lube? Really? Out of everything? What's fake lube? I don't know. Like, like that kind of lube that like, it like smells like strawberry and it gets hot when you blow on it, but you really don't want it to touch your skin. <laughs> I, I don't know. unpleasant lube. I don't know that at all. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we listen. We all have our experiences. <laughs> this is what happens when there's not many books out. Josh, yeah, exactly. you, you didn't read Uncanny X-Men number two, did you? Uh, what's that over there? So I didn't, I didn't read it either. Okay, well, what's interesting about Uncanny X-Men, what, what I think, there, there are a couple things that are interesting about it. First off, Karen Gillan writing sinister, a lot of sinister in this issue as, in his Victorian flair was just fantastic. It was like if there was ever a writer who was more... Paired with a specific character, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know because Gillen's British, he's bringing that certain level to it. But this fleshed out a lot of what Sinister's doing and what he's doing in this story arc, as well as what his motivations are, and I, and that was very, very enjoyable. But the later thing is that I didn't know. Like, I, the, the book was great. I had a great time reading it. I got to the end of it, and then actually I highlighted a panel for this week in panels. And Connor asked me. He said, "Okay, what's the credits? Who you know? Who's the artist?" I turned to the first page, and I didn't even look. I, I just blow over that first page. Like, I don't look at the recap or anything like that. And I noticed that between the pencilers, the inkers, and the colorists, nine people made this comic book. It's a lot of people to pay. Now, exactly. Now, what's interesting, though, is that unlike Hulk number two, was it last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. I didn't notice the inconsistency, which mm-hmm. I guess is, is how you do monthly comics with multiple artists right. I mean, there was one flashback sequence that had a different artist, but that made sense because it was a flashback sequence. 
but throughout the rest of the book, it all looked very Pacheco-y. And I guess the guys who were, you know, assisting or supporting or whatever were good at aping it or, or whatnot. But between Carlos Pacheco, Jorge Molina, and Rodney Buscemi, who get the penciler credit, and Cam Smith, Roger Bonet, Walter, Walden Wong, and Jorge Molina, who get inker credit, it seemed more consistent than Hulk. And if that's what it takes to keep a book on schedule, then is that okay or is that not okay? I don't know. Guys, <laughs> can't get this under control. I'm I'm not going to be able to record this show. I didn't read this. I didn't love the first issue, so I didn't continue on. I saw the reaction on our site for the people who read it was mostly not very good. So I'm curious. I had no problem with it. I didn't read any of those reactions, but I had no problem. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was. I mean, basically, what you had was you know, Sinister has cloned himself. He's Sinister believes he's become the perfection of mutant. You know, like he's he's mutant human personified perfection, and so now he's perfected cloning himself and has made a town of Sinisters. And so the X-Men are fighting Sinister, trying to figure it out. And then at the same time, the Celestials, in reaction to Sinister using the Celestial uh, energy to power his cloning machine, um, now the Celestials are on their way to Earth, and there's a whole big squadron of Celestials on their way. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. You like Mr. Sinister. I don't even I know do. what Mr. Sinister is. But, like, you were the kind of, you were kind of fan, and I, and, I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but when you like something and you're given more of it, yeah. that makes you happy. Exactly. And so this is the, like, the kind of thing like, oh, this is your bag. This yep. is your thing, baby. Yep. In the parlance of the British. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know there That's are a couple, talk. there are a couple of good twists. There are a couple of good character moments. There's a couple. I mean, like it it had everything I'd want from an X Men. Like this is the next the next chapter in the story. It was you know it was great. Josh, you read Haunt? I did. All right, Crazy, right. Jump in. This is the new beginning for Haunt. I read the first issue and I read the nineteenth issue. <laughs> uh, previously, it was by a lot of people. It was uh, the Todd. It was the Kirkman. Oh, Bobby Hollywood, sorry. Uh, the the Ott, Lee, Ryan, and and Greg Capullo, who is now the most famous artist in comics. And uh, it was it was fine. I didn't really know what it was. Didn't appeal to me. It wasn't a big deal. So this new team that came up is uh, Joe Casey writing and Nathan Fox drawing it. And, and the Todd is somehow involved. I'm not sure how. He wrote the he wrote the thing at the end. Uh, I, li- I like the thing at the end. It was <laughs> yeah. The thing at the end was nice. And he was like, "This kid Scott Snyder's good." <laughs> That was the best part of the whole thing. It's like he's like thirty five. You've got anyway. You've got to, you've got to read it in Todd's voice. Oh yeah, I don't know what Todd's voice is anymore because in my mind it's really turned into a thing. I'm gonna actually try to actually talk about this comic book. It's very difficult for me right now. Historically, Joe Casey's a very good re reboot, not rebooter. There's another Re-imaginer. word. Imaginer. Yeah, he can take a property that's sort of flagging a bit and 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 really he'll he'll bring his take to it he'll do it every time you may not necessarily always like that but he can definitely inject some sort of fresh energy and and when also just in terms of talking about energy uh nathan fox is a guy who who i've really come to like just very energetic and uh very interesting sort of uh flowy organic kind of line work it was todd also described his art compared to his own which i thought was also really funny um (laughs) You really, you gotta read that part. The Todd thing is almost the best part of this, actually. <laughs> I really hate to, I hate to break it down to that, but it made the whole. And I never stopped to read the text at the end of a comic book, but I read that. I, I ate that up like a, like a fine meal is what I did. Um, basically, what, what was interesting is, is that he says, he says, it's definitely a departure from the slow, methodical, hyper detailed line work, like my artwork. <laughs> That's really. It's funny is that it, it's quite full of lines. <laughs> it really is, actually. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. really a lot of line work. It's a little yeah. sloppier, and I don't mean that in a bad way. 
the funny thing was it didn't really start the whole thing over in terms of explaining where everything was. You kind of had to pick it up in context as you were going, which I was totally fine with. There's a guy and his brother follows him around. His brother's dead and he follows him around in sort of spirit form uh, like a like like a foul-mouthed uh, firestorm basically. And then there are a bunch of people break into the apartment and a fight breaks out and he turns into haunt uh, which is some sort of ghost-powered, super-powered thing, and and fights them. Uh, you know, there wasn't a hell of a lot of plot there, uh, but the tone was uh, it was pretty good. It was like uh, it felt like a Joe Casey book, if I, if I can say that in a way. If if you sort of get his attitude and the way that he writes, which to me is actually I find a lot of Stanley style in that. And I know that that's, that's going to sound that's weird. Not surprising at all. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's a lot of that in there. It's updated and it's modern, but there's a there's a sort of uh, a catchy lightness to the to the dialogue, and it's it's kind of it's kind of funny and a little bit edgy, but not not too more edgy than Stan, obviously. But it's kind of not taking itself too seriously. It doesn't sound like real talking. It sounds like uh, you know, like if you watch like like an old fifties movie, like a like a hyper style. It's stylized. Yeah, but- and 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 you have to get into that. You have to be able to like that, and it's cool. And if you do, then you'll have fun with it. I think it's definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, Nathan I don't Fox think- is fantastic. I mean, that's well, yes, he is. I mean, well, that's. I mean, this this taps into what I've talked about before. Is like I like comics that don't look like every other comic on the shelf. And yes. this does not look like anything else out there right now. No, it does not. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I want to see where it goes. I'm not going to tell you that this issue blew me away, but it certainly interested me a lot more than the first uh, I'm a child. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't laugh. There was a pause that really did. The, uh, the pause is what killed it. Yeah. It was, I thought uh, about laughing. But guys. I <laughs> all I know is this. That the, <sighs> I read the first haunt. I think we all read the first haunt, and it did nothing for me. In fact, I think I told somebody that it was like one of the worst things I've ever read, but – I really was intrigued by this. It looked great, and it, it's, I'm intrigued enough to read the next one. So that's the most important thing, I think, in re, re, sort of rebooting or restarting or reimagining the, the book because it wasn't doing, you know, it wasn't blowing any sales doors off or, or any kind of. No one talked. No one talked. No about one it. talked about. It. Yeah, it to- it I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk going into it, and then it just like fizzled. And and I re- I I stuck with it for like I think the first arc. Uh, I was honestly at one point you mentioned it in the show a while back, and I was surprised it was still being published. That's how yeah, low yeah. profile the book had become. Well, because what was interesting is I thought that it, because they because Kirkman pulled a Kirkman twist like at the end of the first arc where you thought it was going to go one way and then it went the other way, but then I, I trailed off after that. I just didn't stick with it. But I I love the fact that they didn't relaunch it as a number one. Yes, you know what I mean just like just you know keep the same number and keep rolling. It, you know like totally harkens back to you know building a base of of you know like it'd be so easy to release this as a number one and make a big deal about it. But it's like no issue nineteen new creative team roll you know now we're moving on. So it's, and I like that so much better. So I really do. I do too. That's that's a good point to yeah. bring up. You know, for me, this was a really good week in terms of Marvel books. Yes. Actually, all of my favorite Marvel books came out this week, which I think are the only three or so Marvel books I'm reading anymore. Red Skull number five was one of those. This is the last issue, five of five, of uh, Greg Pak, and I don't know that other name of the artist. Miracle Kolak uh, with, with colors by Matthew Wilson. This is the, the five-issue sort of early origin of the Red Skull and there was a little bit of a twist in the end, which I, I, I kind of I thought was nicely plotted. And, and uh, you know, everybody I never read Magneto Testament, um, but it, I think it was a lot like that in terms of the way that you guys were talking about it when it came out. It's just sort of a very political, dense, but uh, subtle. It grounds it in history and, and, yeah. and the backdrop. I mean, the, these, these, a lot of Marvel history is grounded in World War II, especially characters mm-hmm. like Red Skull. And this actually makes it – I didn't read it, but I read Magneto. And so it, it grounds it in more realism. It was, realism it was like that. It, and uh, I thought Pac really, 
just it did a very it was just a very nicely written book. It was really no no giant explosions or any of the sort of stuff that you come to expect from a lot from what would be you know a typical quote unquote Marvel comic book. But all the way through, this has been a really interesting sort of almost a brave little book because you're dealing with really kind of horrible things and it, it's it exists in the Marvel universe, but it was done sort of very realistically. I, I really, I re- I'm like, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but I was very impressed by it. <laughs> I think like- I said that before about it. But really well done book. This is a great, great miniseries. It's sort of one of those things like if, you know, if Marvel wants to, they can, they can do something like this. And it's really, it was well done. Yeah. Pac is, is building a little base of, uh, between the Magneto one and this one of being able to take these kind of darker kind of characters and story kind of things and flushing them out, making them really kind of meaty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was great. Yeah. Awesome. FF number 12 came out after now the split between Fantastic Four and FF uh, after Fantastic Four 600. This is the first issue after the big 600th issue, which was last week, right? So this is like boom, boom. I got to say, first off, Juan Bobilo, love it. Love it. Oh, wow, there's a typo. I didn't realize. On the cover, they have two L's in his name, and on the interior, there's one L. Well, that that's as, as a whole that, the, the pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it Bobillo? 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 Um, I I found myself I, I found myself really. Is it Michael Bublé? <laughs> it's Michael Bublé. It's his pen name. Oh I found God. myself really enjoying his art on this, and I didn't think I would when I first saw it. I first opened it, and I was like, oh. And by the end of the issue, I I it, it won totally won me over. It reminds me of um, the Lock and Key guy. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez. Yes. Very okay. very similar to that. Yeah. All of that. Some great dialogue between the kids and the FF. I mean, I, you know, Hickman, Hickman can surprise me, and this is the area where he surprised me with, the, with his characterizations and his, you know, kind of um, the way the characters banter between each other and talk and that sort of thing. His uh, first indie books were so serious that yeah. it, it always surprised me when he's funny. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that Jason Aaron, even though we've talked to him personally, and know he's really funny in person, it still surprises me when I read his books because he, scalp is always indelible in my mind. So. Yeah. In the same way that Nightly News was so serious and those other books were so serious, it always surprised me. This I was torn on because I wasn't originally going to buy it, and then I decided to because I, it is continuing the story. If you want to read, if you want to get the full Fantastic Four story, you have to read both books. The problem was that in the story he already told, the kids are probably the least interesting part to me. Yep. And I still don't know who all the kids are. There's so a lot of them. At times, it's hard to know what's going on and who's talking, what the weight of the conversation is because you don't know who, like, beyond Valeria and beyond um, Frank Franklin and some people, you don't, there's so many kids, you don't know who they all are. Yep. But it was fun, it was funny, it was very, it, there, seems to be a, there seems to be an undercurrent tone in Marvel right now to, to make their books fun and funnier. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's some sort of thing that they discussed or whatever, but, like, that's Red, the thing. Red the, Skull did not get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this book was interesting, I thought, because you had very extreme personalities. You had you have Doom, who's now who, who's under alternate Reed's control. You've got alternate Reed. You've got Nathaniel, Reed's father. You've got Valeria. You've got the kids. And, like, everybody has a very unique voice. And them interacting with each other, I just found hysterical. You know, I mean, just well, like, I ended up really enjoying it, and I'm yeah. going to continue continue on now. Yeah, like uh, one, like one of the kids, and I and I agree with you. I don't know who the kids. There, there needs to be some sort of aside from Valeria and and the non the non moloids. Like there, the, there's one panel where one of the boys refers to the alternate read as jerk read, and I just laughed. Like I mean, Hickman's writing kid like as you know these kids kind of you know, but very very smart and talented kids. But it's really it's I don't know. I just I really got got engaged by the character interaction specifically in Doom's Castle. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was great, and and what he's doing. Doing Fantastic Four, I have no idea where it's going, and I think it's fascinating. I also like that it's going to finish sooner. Between yes. if, if he told this story in just Fantastic Four, it would take a year, whereas here it's going to take half a year, and then we move on to the 
next story. Yep, yep. And I think you can probably just not read this if you don't read about the kids. I think you can probably do that. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if, how much Fantastic Four leans on what happens in FF, you know, or if they really do diverge and then reemerge, and then how, how well he handles that. Yeah, I think... Also, then the scene where she made the lightsaber was awesome. The lightsaber was awesome. I thought the, the scene where she was talking to Nathaniel and they were talking about time travel and the background of the page was crayon. Was right. like a kid's yes. drawing. I thought that was really clever. That was very much a, Hitch- a Hickman touch in terms of yeah. design. Yeah. Uh, but think about it. If you were a super genius kid, yep. you'd build a fucking Done. lightsaber. You'd build a lightsaber. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is what she did. Well, what I, li- what I liked about her, her reasoning was that one of the other kids was obsessed with Star Wars and she just wanted him to shut up. But then she turned it on yeah. and was like, oh, I'm keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, it's good. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. If you're looking for comics to enjoy yourself, you should go check out Graphically. Graphically is the parent company of iFanboy, and it's a great place to get digital comics. Uh, go to graphically.com where you can read comics on the web. You can buy them right there from the website, and then you can sync them and read them on any of the Graphically applications for iOS, iPhone, iPad, Android. Buy your comics once, read them everywhere. It's kind of awesome. Tons of publishers, over 5,000 books from like over 300 publishers, including Marvel and Image and Top Shelf and Top Cow and Arkea and Boom and IDW. Shinebox. Um, Shinebox, yes. There's a whole tons of great stuff on there actually. Uh, t- uh, 215 Inc has been putting out some great stuff. That's a great little indie out of Philadelphia. They're doing some good stuff. So yeah, so check it all out. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of stuff in there. Something for everybody. So if you follow uh, Graphically at Twitter at twitter.com/graphically, you can get all the latest updates and get all the little specials and things like that that are happening. And it's you know digital comics done well. So check it out at graphically.com. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a Graphically recommendation. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, a lot of number one first issues. Yes. That are free. Like, I think everything from Top Cow, almost everything from Top Cow, the number one issues are free. Like, you can check out a lot of that stuff. There's a tip. Yeah. There's a lot of free stuff to sample. There's a lot of free stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I specified because there's a lot there. Sometimes you don't know where to start. Yeah. There you go. I'm just trying to help, guys. (laughs) Guys. (laughs) Okay. I get it. You're getting along now, but it doesn't mean that you both have to team up against me. It doesn't have to be this here. (laughs) So we're talking about Cobra again. Again. That's because it's been so good. Has it? I feel like <laughs> yes, we haven't yes, talked yes, about it enough. Yeah. In fact, I put a thing in the best best of the week in panels, and someone was like, "Is this still good?" I'm like, "I've talked about this so much that Connor wants me to stop talking about it." <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> but clearly, I'm not talking about it enough. It's so good. You know what's so great about it? Joes are getting killed left and right. Really? It's a good time. And, and there's like no respect for the past here in the best way. Like there's there's double agents and traitors. And, and, and like the characters that you know from G.I. Joe from the very beginning, I'm talking about the early ones where they were all green and looked exactly Steeler. the same. Steeler, Breaker. Ash, Breaker. Yeah. They're getting killed. You know what? There is respect. There's no, but they're not holding it precious. Yes. They're, they're, yes. Not, they're not holding it as sacred. They're, they're telling good Joe stories, but they're, not, they're doing whatever they want, basically. Really great sort of hand-to-hand fight sequence and standoff in this one, too. Uh, just great, great book. It's the same creative team that's been on it since the beginning when, we, when, it, was, when it was our third runner-up for Book of the Year two years ago. Yeah, forever. Uh, so it should definitely keep going on. I think a trade just came out of the first six or so. Yes, it did. Or it's coming so, out soon. Yeah. One so of two. Pick it up. Yeah, it's, it's just a good comic. Cool. You want to continue talking? I do. I do. Uh, speaking of pilot season, uh, the sort of last bit, this is the last one that came out this week, was uh, Theory of Everything, number one. And I couldn't tell when you. We speak, when, when are we speaking of pilot season? 
When were we speaking of it? So speaking of pilot season. <laughs> oh. oh, you know why? Because I was going to recommend a pilot season book when I said that before, but I decided to wait until now. Oh, so in my mind, that was totally <laughs> In your mind, you'd spoken of it. It's totally true. Theory of Everything number one is uh, – it reminded me very much of a Hickman book actually. And it's this guy and they come to him and, and they say, there was a robbery. Do you recognize this tech? And the guy's like, yeah, that's my tech. I invented it, but I haven't built it yet. <gasps> And so there's there's divergent realities and all sorts of shit going on and crimes on a disturbingly regular basis. Right. It was very. It was actually really similar to to Marty walking in and pasting <laughs> up the, the picture of the flux capacitor. It was really. <laughs> it was a lot like that, but I mean that in a good way. Did a guy uh, make the face and hold his forehead? <laughs> Should have. Great Scott. <laughs> yeah, a guy comes in for the uh, from another. It's it's a great it's a great little story. Some some of the stuff this year has been been pretty good. As long as I'm here, I'm going to suggest one. You can go to graphically and get that, but you can also go get get the beauty, the beauty number one because it's a pilot season book from Jeremy Hahn and and various others. Really good uh, sci-fi. And the, and the pilot season voting is coming up soon, right? We're gonna, we're gonna uh, be- Monday. It'll start Monday. Starts yeah, tomorrow. Exciting. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah. More from Josh. More from- <laughs> or I read I read Space. Oh, okay. Monday. Yeah. Okay, well, go. Ron, you've got actually. You're right. I didn't put that. Ron, you do clump the suggestions. You want to try to split them up. Not so I know much. we just started this. Not so much. <laughs> um, so, Spaceman number two, Azarello Riso. I, I thought I'd be the only person sticking with this. Why? I don't know. I thought you had a problem with it. I don't remember. I said I wasn't sure, but by the end of it, there were things I liked about it enough to make me get used. Once you get used to a sort of weird um, dialect. Yep. Once you get used to it, then it's not weird anymore. It's, it's just a common dialect. literary device. People no, are acting like it's a I, new thing. It's yeah, I totally agree, and, and I get it, and it makes sense, and, and it's fine. It's just sometimes it slows you down a little bit and makes the story go less, less well, but it makes sense, and I like the idea of it a lot. It just, it just took me a little bit to get used to, I think. Yeah. Um, this was, a, I thought, a much, I don't want to say better or stronger issue than the one before it, but uh, it definitely did a lot to hook me in further. I thought it was really solid, really, really solid. And I did laugh because in the opening, um, I think on page three, when they cut back to the uh, astronauts on Mars and one wakes up and says, what happened? I did that in the Fred Willard voice. (laughs) What happened? This is is Mike from, uh, I don't remember any of the words anymore. But it was so. It's so funny. Still, yeah, it really is. It's really. really I is. said my. I said my phrase. What happened? That one's for free for you over there. Let's talk about the next book. You know how at one point Wolverine was super, super dark when he massacred his kids for yes. for a half a year. Well, I think Jason Aaron put he's he slammed the brakes on that sort of epic of Wolverine, and now we're in a new epic. He looked at dead bodies everywhere, and he he said. What happened? <laughs> um, now it's 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 very similar in tone to Wolverine and the X Men, and I love it. Yes, well, Wolverine I, nineteen was fantastic. Wolverine this whole arc was fantastic. Nineteen was great, and I, as the X Men fan in me, it opens up in Westchester County and Harry's hideaway, and he's yes. he's shutting down because <laughs> the X Men left. Like, think about it. Like, like the X Men left, and so really that whole Salem Center. Like what was the economy just cratered in Salem Center? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's shopping. No one's buying. No one has to constantly repair things. So the hardware store went out of business. <laughs> and what I love is that Wolverine emerges from the ground with a dragon and asks Harry if his table's still open, and Harry's like, "You bet. We're back in business." <laughs> <laughs> we just made our month, and he goes, "More than that, he's got a bag full of money because he's got people who want to drink because they've all been fighting underground dragons." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is one of my favorite books. I'm seriously loving this resurgence of fun, goofy comics, and it's yeah. it feels too widespread to not be some sort of mandate. We have to bring this back a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's not every book, which it shouldn't be every book, but I feel it's a lot of books now, especially yeah. the Marvel side. 
Uh, I'm loving it. I, I this I, I said in I think it was the panel of the week feature that between Wolverine and the X Men and Wolverine, this will slowly become my favorite little corner of Marvel now. Yes, I'll tell you, it's really good. I, I called it a few months ago. We get the Wolverine's girlfriend's back. She's she's relocating. She's gonna follow him. She's gonna work at the Daily Bugle. So that's awesome. Parker was in there using the bathroom. Stop using our bathroom. <laughs> you don't work here. <laughs> This is great. It was it was really really good. That cobra just yeah. wants a couple of wenches and some beer. So when we left when we last left the Thunderbolts, they zapped out of World War II era, uh, yes. team up with the invaders, and and we said we don't we don't know where they're gonna turn up. And I did not see this coming. <laughs> not at all. This was so good. <laughs> this was how good was this? I mean, like I've been and again like GI Joe Cobra, I've been talking about it a lot. And I feel like I've talked about it too much, but they took such a turn this this time. This is amazing. Well, tell everyone what they did. Tell them what where it is. They, they went to they went to England in, in in around the time of the Jack the Ripper murders. Turns out that Hyde is the Ripper. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so good. Like, was, and Satana yeah. is with him. There's no preciousness about these characters. He's not trying to turn them into good guy, good guys. No. The daughter of of Satan isn't going to go. Well, I'll be good for now. No, no. She's going to help with the Ripper murders. Yep. Although that might not be the case, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll find out what it is and all that stuff. But what I love, what I love is that when when there's some Scotland Yard investigators stumble upon the Thunderbolts, they figure out where they are and and they've already adapted the 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 garb of the time and they're they're explaining what's going on. They explain they said, well, one of our friends Hyde, who's named after the book that recently came out, was <laughs> like, that's a great little touch. <laughs> I, I like the really uh, the really goofy uh, uh, dialogue that they gave. Them. Yes. Uh, like it was, it was like goofy Dick Van Dyke, uh, yeah. British, and I'm totally fine with that. Did in you this notice context. that the f- the fixer has a cane, um, or whatever techno, whatever his name is, the 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 dude, his cane has got a little thunderbolt at the top. <laughs> like just nice. little, little touches like that that are just. Oh, I'm man. I'm telling you, Jeff Parker has really hit his stride on this book. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a completely fun book. Yeah, I didn't love it. And, it really? can do everything. I didn't love it. I gave it three stars. I wow. thought it was a big step back from the last arc. Well then. Yeah. Counterpoint. It didn't seem as fresh and interesting. The it was self convoluted. I really prefer Kev Walker to Declan Shalvey, who I like, but I really, I really, it's hard to when they go from one to the other. Kind of just a downer today. I just Guys, didn't, I just didn't enjoy this like I did the other, the last two. Yeah. All right, fair enough. That's fine. So Infinite Horizon number six. You're alive. That did not come out. It came to an end. I'm holding it in my hand. The last time I read an Infinite Horizon book, I was working my day job with Josh. I remember distinctly going to the store with him and buying it, reading it at my desk. Yep. It was a lot less of the two of us back then. (laughs) And it was interesting because I I thought back to a comment, Connor, that you made uh, about Phil Noto, how how you love his... Uh, you know, sketches or pinups and or covers or whatever, but his interior work doesn't really do it for you. No, I said sometimes. Sometimes, it's, it's right? Hit and miss I would say check this out because I really enjoy the interiors. I re- no, I enjoyed the first two issues, but yeah. I, it's just been like four years since oh, I no, read I know. it. Yeah, well, that's all done, so you can read it in one co- complete thing. Well, how, how you like with the with the indie books? You like to wait for the the, the collection, and now you can. It's not long, but I, I really like what, what Noto did. What Noto did, he he uses like little little touches, like little highlights or little like lines that kind of outline the characters, or whatever. And and once you read it and it flows, it like I I just really like what he's doing. I really like it. Uh, I enjoyed it, and it's all done. I never thought this day would happen. Ultimates number four from... Uh, please please Hick- use the full title. Uh, Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, issue number four. Thank you. With Hickman oh. and Ribic. Don't be distracted by the cover, which has nothing to do with the book. <laughs> Nick- this is fantastic. This was, this was like, holy shit good. 
This is the best Ultimates I've read since the first yep. Ultimates. Agreed. The original Miller Hitch Ultimates. This is when so much fun. This is Ult- this is this is the book for Hickman. This was a blast, and so like what you've got now is you've got Asgard's been destroyed. Thor's the only one left. You've got this b- weird menace thing that nobody knows what it is, and then at one point the 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 leader reveals himself to Thor, and I was like, oh great, we're gonna get a mystery of who who's the who's the guy in the, in the weird helmet or whatever. But we find out at the end, it's Reed Richards. So I didn't think it was a mystery. As soon as he revealed himself, I knew this who it was. But oh, I didn't. I was. Uh, I, it's it's very much in a similar tone of his Fantastic Four work, just with a bit more action and adventure. Yep. But it's 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 that same heady sort of scientific tone he brings to it. Very 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 fun. Yeah. I I love this. And, this is tons of fun. And how good is Ribic? He's fantastic. Like that double paid spread when Thor saw all of his his uh, companions, the ghosts uh, mm-hmm. in Valhalla. I thought that was. I mean, like his his Warriors Three. Like how cool is that? Ribic is good. Ribic is really good. Yeah. So no, this is this is really say fun. that could he could crush you with his bare hands. With with he could, with with two fingers he could crush <laughs> me. He the man he's a monster of a man. <laughs> but he's awesome. He's a sweetheart. Delicate pencils. Yeah, exactly. Very de- yeah, like he, he draws he draws holding it like a crayon. It's almost like it was at New York Comic Con when I was at a dinner that he was at and I was like so and someone's like, Oh, is he terrific? I was like No. Cause he's like he's a big dude and the, the his art looks so intricate, you know what I mean? Like it's like I don't understand how the pencil could fit in that paw. But um, yeah, this is great. I, this this totally. I mean, like I was a little wavering on this through issue two and three, but after this fourth issue, I'm I'm like, oh, I love it. This is great. Cool. So those are all the books that. that came out that we enjoyed. Yes, and uh, well, we also there's a couple more also, coming. Yeah. Well, yeah, we uh, those are not all the books that came out. That's actually that's entirely untrue. It's actually uh, a lie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we also have the the community aspect of ifanboy.com where you can go through and rate your books and and mark your own pick of the week. And we like to go through those and talk about them. And and here we're going to talk to you about the top five picks of the week. Uh, and also just mention very quickly that Ron's pick of the week, Near Death Number Three, did not light the world on fire. Coming in at number twenty two with three tenths of a percentage point. It might the, be just me. The, <laughs> I, I, I think I somebody database, else but, yeah. one or two other people I think <laughs> I um, talk. <laughs> number five is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four coming in uh, at six percent I don't know why I haven't started reading it's this. awesome I, by the way it is fun. I it's missed the first cool. one yeah. uh, number four Wolverine number 19 at seven percent number three Angel and Faith number four at seven percent number two Ultimates number four as recently lauded at nine percent and number one Daredevil number six with 42 percent was the, the winner for everybody and of course the first review up Daredevil number six, written by Ghost Man. And the story is five out of five, and the art of four out of five. I assume that's an error. <laughs> no, it's not. I was, I was shocked as well. Ron, you and one other person made your pick. Really? Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so the reviewer says it's four out of five for some reason. As we said, pick of the week percentage is 42%. What a blast I had reading Daredevil. I got caught up with issues one through five, and holy shit, this series is possibly one of the best things out right now in the world of comics. I love the retro feel of the story and art. Mark Wade is writing the shit, two shits, out of this book. Every issue is jam-packed with smart, intelligent dialogue that doesn't feel forced or pretentious. It also isn't boring, and Wade is able to hold your attention in the exposition scenes. This is not a fight-of-the-month book. This is not punch-after-punch. There is a great story being weaved here, and it just so happens that it stars Daredevil, who occasionally fights a bad guy. I don't know if you read the same issue as I did. And I say this with somebody who enjoyed it just as much. There was a lot of fighting in this. Well, no, but I think his point his point is that it's not just like Daredevil fights this guy, then Daredevil fights yeah, this guy. No, that it, it is it, not. It, he's, he's, it's telling, you know, stories, and which is yeah. totally true. But I think what's funny, we didn't talk about Daredevil 6, and when we were going through deciding what books to talk about, none of us brought it up because I think six issues in, and it's already at the point where it's so good, what more can we add to it? It's, it's Captain America territory. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah. I wonder if the success of Daredevil helped along this push to – 
and, and it's only been six issues, but this is a very successful book. The tone is completely different than it was before. It's a lighter, more fun tone. And, it, and I that, think a lot of books are going that way. Yeah. That, it's, it's not a two-page spread, but the one where Daredevil comes in kicking and it goes yes. across the two pages, yep. that alone will get you a five on art. Yeah, to, no, Marcus, that, the, the four out of five has to be an error on his part because Marcus Martin is king. He's great. As a swan song issue, it was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this is great. I mean, it, 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 as we look back, as we get to the end of the year, and we start looking at you know twenty eleven and what came. I mean, like Daredevil's up there for best series, like I, best single issue, best first issue. Like, there's so many categories. Daredevil's going to top out. I think. Very seriously, like the, the easiest pick of the week I had to write all year was yeah. Daredevil number one. Yeah, and it, it was also the most like. There's, it's, it's not a problem to find something to say about this. And they've kept it up for six issues, which is, uh, which is impressive on its own. And uh, is that the Emperor's Guard? Who, who is that guy? <laughs> I was like, awesome, Star Wars is in this. <laughs> but like, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, when I was doing the pick of the week, I'm like, Daredevil's really fucking good. I think I gave it five stars. I'm like, it's fantastic. But it's like, what, I, I don't know what, you know, there wasn't, in this particular issue, there was no amazing revelation or no, like, insane thing or anything that stood out. It just is solid, quality comic book. Marvel, really? Yeah. Good week. Good week. Well, it helps when DC doesn't release anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, our next review comes from T.R. Strick, who reviewed Flash Gordon Zeitgeist number one from Dynamite. And he gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And 1% of you all made this your pick of the week. And uh, T.R. Strick says, Confession time, Mike Hodges' Flash Gordon is my favorite film of all time. I saw it 18, yes, 18 times during its theatrical release. Jesus. Wow. I've, I've never had a better time at the movies. It was my Star Wars, which I saw back in 19, 1977, but didn't make much of an impression. Crazy. Josh, how many times did we see Phantom Menace that summer? Ten. <laughs> you want to know so something? And I know, I know you're in the middle of this, but I, I want to bring this up. I saw the poster for the re-release, the Star yep. Phantom Menace 3D. And I and, and like I was like I should probably go see that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to, and I'm I'm not going to. But the I felt the tug. There's a visceral reaction for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. go to that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Although, how much fucking fun would that be to go with the two of you guys? Oh, I'll go. I'll when is it open? I'll go. Sorry. If it's flying over Christmas, we'll be in, we can go to New, see it in New York. Hey, it's better than Step Up 3D. Oh wait, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh come oh. on! Do you really? <laughs> I've watched that since. On Netflix streaming. I know, so am I. <laughs> anyway, so, so back to the review. Um, over the years, I've met a few fans who've had the same mad obsession with this film. Fortunately for me, Alex Ross is one of these fans. Dynamite's Flash Gordon Zeitgeist uses the film as its springboard. Some scenes are lifted directly from the film, but setting the story in World War II is simply delicious. It appears the story will be splitting plots between Mongo and Earth. The art is the usual dynamite house style, lots of reds and oranges, and the storytelling was perhaps a little clunky in a place or two. To be honest, it's hard for me to be objective about this book. It feels like it was written just for me. As this is a skip week for the DC-52 and no Mignola-verse books either, this is an easy pick of the week for me. Highly recommended. So there you go. Flash, you, the, the one Flash Gordon fan is digging it. <laughs> in the world? Yeah. <laughs> no. Had a that had, it, cover. It had a pretty cover, I was going to say. Frank Avia is very quietly. I don't know if people recognize this because... Yeah, unless they do the comics page in that fanboy, but he does a good portion of the Dynamite covers. Yeah. Very quietly. He does a lot of Dynamite covers. Yeah, well, somebody's got to pick up the Cassidy slack. <laughs> exactly. Is there Cassidy slack? I mean, he's not still doing that, right? I don't know. His, his, stuff, his Secret <laughs> Avengers covers have been good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, so, that's compared to the uh, Ultimate covers. Yeah, oh, God. The f- why, Carrie Andrews? <laughs> I don't get I just don't get Is it some sort of joke? I don't get it. <laughs> 
joke. <laughs> no, they're like, let's let's see if they'll print this. Oh shit, they did. All right, let me see what I can do. Here. Well, here's what happens in the book. I don't care. Quiet. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know what's in the book. Study. I got an idea. Nick Fury skydiving. God, <laughs> Nick's not in the in the book for at least two more. Here's the book. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to leave us a review, so we can read on the show, go to ifmwhat.com/slash/comics. You can make your pull list, rate, review your books, write a review. If it's good, we'll write, read it on the show. And that's how you do it. Do go do it. It's I, fun. Make your pull list every week. It's fun. That's how you do it. I got, I got another cover, and I don't, I don't know if I should call him because this doesn't have anything to do with what we told him. It's just, <laughs> it's just a picture of Wasp. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> well, I'm not going to call him. I'm not calling him. Just, just run it. No Email time. It. Eli says, hey, iFanboys, I was just wondering if you could pick only one comic from Marvel, DC, and Image. Each, which book would you pick? From each publisher and why. The, so if you could only read three comics and one from each company, what would they be? The dreaded Desert Island uh, mm-hmm. question. Right now. The book right now. Right Series now. coming out right now. Right now. Right, right now. now. Right, right now. now. Right now. I'll go. Okay. From Marvel, I would pick Daredevil. Okay. From DC, I would pick Batman. And from Image, I would pick Chu. Interesting. Okay. And that could change next month. Yes, but I'm saying right at this very moment. Yeah. Right it could this- change when I'm done with the show. I could go and look and realize, oh, I should have picked... Walking Dead, but I picked Chew. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go next. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you two can't seem to. What do you mean? I already went. Connor just went. It's me. <laughs> no, you can't. Get... I was going back to the thing where you're fighting. Well, who's fighting now? You. Hey. Dirk face. <laughs> Every week, you guys. Just talk about the comics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a big comic book star. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> poster. All right. Okay. If I could pick, you know, like one book. <laughs> no. Um. I mean, part of me wants to say Daredevil, but then, like, another part of me wants to say Thunderbolts, okay? But You did call it Marvel's best book very emphatically last You did. It's the one, the it's one I'm before. really enjoying. I think I would go with Thunderbolts because it, it's a little more to my taste, although I really do love Daredevil very much. Uh, I would, DC, I would go with, uh, right now, Wonder Woman. And mm, nice. Image. Image is tough for me. That's image, hard. Image is tough. Actually, do I include Vertigo in DC? Yes. Because I really want to see how Scalp ends. So I'd have no, to go. Have to go you have to go Vertigo for DC if, it's, if you want well, Scalp. Whatever. You can break out Vertigo. You can make that. No. All right, you can't. All right. then if, where, do you, if, where is Karen Berger's office? Is it fucking DC off, DC's <laughs> office? If, if it came down to it right now, I'm not going to not read the end of Scalp. So I would, I would pick that, number one. Uh, and image, then you oh, only have a couple more issues, and after that, you're only reading two comics. Yeah, there you go. Listen, I've no, got no, then you can Then you can move to another title. Okay, then yeah. I pick Scalp, and then I'll pick Batman up after Scalp ends. Nice. Not, well, wow. no, why, don't, why don't you just borrow Josh's scalped? We're oh, not we on the same island. <laughs> then we would always want to swim over and read your comics. We'd have to organize. Like, you don't want to get some. We get bags and boards. What? <laughs> I could just see that turning into a big problem. Okay, what's your image book? Oh, that's really hard. Like, I got a Walking Dead Invincible thing going on, but then I also kind of want to say Chew. Walking Dead. All right. So for Marvel, for me, at this moment, I got to go Uncanny X-Force. As much as my loyalty to Uncanny X-Men, but they fucking renumbered, so whatever. That, that shot out, that shot oh. out the door. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I go Uncanny X-Force, DC, The Flash, and then Image is very tough for me. Cause I right? Really, it's tough, but I got to go. I got to go with Savage Dragon. I'm 176 yeah. in. I can't, ba- <laughs> I can't bail on it now. So there you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was just for just 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 for us. That Shane laugh. from Texas, he wants to know. He says, "I was going to buy Fantastic Four six hundred until I looked at the price tag. Seven ninety nine for an issue is crazy, and so is Marvel." Now, Shane, so crazy it just might work. Now, Shane, uh, the reason why I brought this up because Connor, you weren't on the show when Fantastic Four six hundred came out. You did a show when I wasn't around. Yeah, crazy. You <laughs> you you were in Turkey jail. Um, <laughs> it's like a baby when you don't when they don't see you, they just figure you don't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about Fantastic Four six hundred. Oh, so good, right? And and the thing is, the thing is, Shane from Texas is that it was seven ninety nine for a hundred pages, and almost all of that was story. No, all of it was story. Was there no ads? Uh, there might have been a couple ads, but there was That's no. What I mean, it was like there was a very few ads. It was almost all story. Yep. It was. It a wasn't filler. Great, no reprint. great value for your money. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you if you take a look at it, the average comic is twenty pages. And you got near, you got ninety six, so you nearly got you nearly got five comics in one issue for the price of at three ninety nine each, the price of a little more than two comics. Yeah, like that. That Fantastic Four six hundred might have they did it right. That might have been the best value. And I agree with you. Eight dollars is a lot of money. That's a that's a that it used to be it was, a, that was a movie in nineteen ninety seven. That was a um you know like some I can get lunch sometimes for eight dollars. Like it's a lot of different things. But there was I had no issue paying eight dollars for that book. At all. We got one issue. Well, I got one issue, but I had no, yeah. I had no well, problems. It was a big issue. <laughs> well, you got th- it was the size of five, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Even Jim, Jim was even down with that too. Yeah. Exactly. So it I, is a lot to swallow. Like, but it wasn't like it was thirty-two pages. It was no, no. I know that, but it's just like if you put it into your pile and you've got your thing budgeted, like you normally spend, you know, whatever you used to spending twenty bucks a week at the store, like that's half. Right. But 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 in specifically Shane from Texas, what he said. Um, was that seven ninety nine for an issue is crazy, and so is Marvel, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the uneducated opinion of just seeing it on the rack and mm-hmm. and seeing that. And the thing is, Marvel and maybe Marvel is crazy because they've trained us to get pissed at you know like blah, issue three hundred and it's got a twenty page story and like three reprints over the four the past forty years, and you pay five ninety nine for it. And I'm like, well, so bullshit. what you're saying is. You know, you shouldn't. We've they've trained us to not trust their pricing. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this time they were making it worth your value, yep. but we've been beaten so many times. And that now, now you get people like Shane from Texas who feels this way. And in this particular case, Shane from Texas, you, you, it was, it's actually in your favor. So you should, you should call your store, Shane from Texas, and say, "Hey, this is Shane from Texas," <laughs> and and be like, "We're all from Texas." And like, I know, but that's my name. <laughs> do you, do <laughs> do, you, do you have any copies of uh, of Fantastic uh, Four Six Hundred left? Because I've changed my mind about it. Apparently, it's it's a good value. Yeah. Uh, and and they'll say, oh, what would you want to do? And just put it in the folder. Mark Shane from Texas. I'll be ba- I'll be in, and um and it'll be there. And then and then what's odd is they're not in Texas. <laughs> it's Canadian. <laughs> so he's paying Canadian rates. So it's, which is even worse. Even, so seven ninety nine yeah. Canadians like nine bucks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is only worth like two great, great British pounds, so it's fine. All right, so Shane from Texas, we urge you to go check out Fantastic Four six hundred. How um, many beads is that worth? <laughs> blankets, blankets, blankets like beads, a, and horses. On the reservation, you get one horse. You get four blankets. <laughs> only two of them. A small box. Yeah. <laughs> So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. On to the voicemails. Our first one comes from Texas. Hey, guys. This is Brian in San Antonio, Texas. And I had a quick question for you concerning digital comics. Um, I started buying not the majority of my comics, but a lot of the the other DCU, the new DCU books that, you know, just weren't high on my list. Uh, 
and I've quite enjoyed them, enjoyed reading them that way. You know, Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Demon Knight. I, I, I enjoy it. I think I get a better reading experience out of it. Uh, but this past couple weekends, I was at a con, and I ran into Brett Peoples, who's the artist on Last of the Greats. And uh, I told him I just picked up his book digitally, and I asked him, you know, what he thought about it. And he didn't seem too enthused about about the digital comics, even though one of his books is, is you know, it's selling through the Comixology app, which is what I use. Um, I don't know if that's maybe just because he doesn't get a, as high of a cut for the books that are sold that way or, 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 or what. I don't know. It, it seems to me like, you know, that is the, the way in the future of comics, but he didn't seem very enthused about it. And, you know, I guess my question is, well, what's up with that? Brian, do you know Shane from Texas? <laughs> you guys, you guys, uh, uh, yeah, well, we talked about this a little before in that, it, you know, the way to get a book can keep going is to pre-order it. The digital sales don't have anything to do with whether a book is going to keep going. And well, I, well number one, we don't know that. Uh, <laughs> None of us they, we, they can't. They project out, and the, the, yeah. right now they use the pre-ordering to project out. And if you're a book that's a small indie book, then you're kind of you're born on the bubble. So that you know that's going to be whether they want to keep. You know that is now. That's how it works. Right. It it might not continue to work that way, and it probably won't. As far as the cuts, how the I don't I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, that 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 is how that works. But at the same time, when you sign on for a book like an image book, where basically you're getting paid in the back end, you've got two things to worry about. First one is getting it printed at all and getting it continued to be printed, and then second of all is hoping that you can actually make some money off of it, which is very hard. I, I would go so far as to guess that most of the books from Image don't make all that much money for the for the creators. The sort of top tier definitely do. Yeah, or at least, or at least, or at least on uh, out of the get go. I mean, like the the game of the image, right. is, the game of the image is to get it out and then get it collected, and then it's a long like several years later it starts to pay yes. that pay off. Yeah. And it, but it's not like a, I've got to pay my bills every month kind of thing. Yeah. like that for the most part. There are some who are, and that is more or less the case with a lot of indie comics image is sort of the main sort of way to look at it but other other places like that it's sort of the same thing so on the one hand you know the digital is digital is a really good way for people to see the book but i disagree with them for the point of view of like if you don't want them to buy it digital don't make that an option yeah and don't make somebody feel bad for buying it in a way that you offered it to them it's like trades yep. it's like well we'd like you to buy the issues then don't offer trades and make me feel bad about buying it that way i'm the consumer i get the choice yeah so let me have the choice and then be okay with giving us that choice. But Agreed. I also see where he's coming from. Agreed. Yeah. It's it's interesting. We're in a very interesting time. I mean, right now the publishers see digital as a supplement to their sales. It's not yes. it's not the main driver. And they also see it as the only growth area. True. Yeah, no, exactly. Only area of growth and with tons of potential, but it's not it's not they're not no one is making decisions based off the digital sales yet. Right. So. We're in, we're in infancy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, we got we're one toddlers. We got We're one toddlers now. We're starting to walk. <laughs> we got one last question uh, about a one of the great artists. Hey guys, love the site, love the podcast. Um, quick question about Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, he was one of my favorite artists back in the '90s. He did a lot of work for Valiant on Archer and Armstrong, and I think he was on Solar and the Atom. Did something called Rune R U N E for a while. Um, I know he's a famous artist. Came up in the '70s. But, uh, just wondering if you have any info about stuff he's doing now if he's still around uh just general information and uh, your opinions about his work thanks very much as i understand it he toured with lindsey buckingham for a while uh then kind of just he did a stand in vegas <laughs> and 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 uh i don't know if it was drugs or or it was his ex-wife 
But Barry, we, you know, we kind of lost touch with. I have no idea. <laughs> I like I, I like hearing a, a, a Valiant fan. That's that's rare these days to hear something. It is yeah. rare. Yeah, there, there are nine of you. Yeah, well, or Turok, the dinosaur hunter. You're going to be excited next year, that's for sure. So Barry Windsor Smith, he also did in addition to all the Valiant stuff that that uh, our anonymous caller listed. He also did the Weapon X mini series. That's that, where I know him primarily from. Yeah, exactly. That that was a gorgeous book. The gorgeous. It was in Marvel Comics Presents, yes. if you remember yes, correctly. It was. Yeah. But Barry Windsor Smith also did a bunch of stuff in the '80s and the '70s and stuff like that. Did a lot of Conan stuff and and one of the one of the that that. Era of seventies, eighties artists. He was one of the the stars. You could actually just go to his website, uh, <laughs> which actually lists everything he's doing. I mean, I think it's Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, it's Barry Windsor Smith dot com. B A R R. It looks like last year he just he finally finished his big epic Samaria. Conan story that uh, he's been working on since 1973, but he's also doing and a bunch. Looks, and looks a lot different than the beginning because <laughs> it's been 37 years. Yeah. But his website lists all the stuff that he's working on now and this other stuff that he's selling original art and he's doing. He does this Opus hardcover, which is a collection of collecting his sketches and artwork and stuff like that. He's pretty much in the, you know, not retiring, but in the he's done kind of phase. You he's know? coasting. Yeah, he's coasting. Yeah. So I don't want. I don't want. I don't want monthly deadlines. Well, coasting. Coasting sounds bad because yeah. he's he's not a young. So he's in he that er, phase no, no. where he he right. he's earned he, that shit. It, he's, it, victory, it, he's victory lapping. It is interesting to see on his website. He lists all the stuff that he's doing, and he actually lists you know Conan the Barbarian, nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety five, and then he just lists comics, Marvel, DC, Valiant, Malibu, Image, and others, nineteen sixty eight to nineteen ninety five. So it looks like after nineteen ninety five, he just decided not to do comics anymore and became what he what he refers to as a storyteller and he's done a couple of titles like Freebooters and Young Gods and Paradox Man and stuff like that and some monster stuff you know so he's still working he's still putting out books of his artwork but he's not doing comics anymore he's probably doing some commissions yeah. you know he'll cool. show up at a show here and there yeah. he's, he's a not name just, he's definitely a name not, one of the greats it's not just Adam Hughes's gig yep so if you have any questions, you can All-Star call. All-Star Wonder Woman, coming soon. God. If you have any other questions that you want to call in on, you can call 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. We got a bunch of calls over the Thanksgiving holiday. So thanks to everybody who called in. Reminder, let us know your name, where you're from, and keep it short. Keep it to about 30 seconds. You know, no more than 45 seconds just because, you know. You get a lot of long ones. Can't run, can't run the long ones. Exactly. So keep them, you know, keep them short. We also have another podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss, which comes out every Monday where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out that you absolutely need to check out. And this Monday, we're going to be talking with Matt Fraction about Defenders Number 1, uh, which is out this Wednesday. So if you're curious about uh, why they're doing another Defenders book, you can tune in and find out. <laughs> Uh, and you can get that on iTunes if you sub- if you subscribe. That's, that's how you sell. And we that's also we also had a talk explode, right, Josh? We did. I talked to Philip Sablik, publisher of Top Cow, which is a little it's a division of uh, of Image, uh, but it sort of does its own thing. And he's more than a publisher. To be completely, he's the editor and the, does a bunch of stuff. We talked about uh, mainly pilot season and the stuff going on uh, over there. Again, voting starts on Monday. Really, just an interesting look at sort of trying to develop a different kind of comic book, and they're it's doing a different kind of thing. And then we talked a little about the other stuff going on from top cow they're going to be going through a lot of uh, uh, big stuff over the next month or two so you can get that on the on the this main feed uh, just under the show or you can go to ifanboy.com where you can find that and ifanboy don't miss you can check out ifanboy.com for ron's pick of the week review all of our writings that goes up every day writings is a word right yeah sure moving on um writings. you can read my book of the month review which will come out if you're as you're listening probably soon after and uh, all of our people writing very hard we're gonna have um this is <laughs> Writing hard. <laughs> right hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a Western theme week. Actually, this week in our family, we're going through all the gift guides. So if you want to buy stuff this week, this month, oh, man, this is really the end of the show, isn't it? If you want to buy stuff this holiday season for friends, family, for whoever, we're going to have a lot of gift guides for you this week. So check it out at fanboy.com. Normally, we did a video show on that, but we're not because we're on hiatus. Indeed. That's right. If you saw last week, we are uh, the video show we normally do every week is on hiatus to, for the end of the year, and, and, and some, we'll be back some point next year. So that's, that's that. And, that, and that's lazy. it. And that's, uh, and that's all there is. That's, that's, a, that's all there is. It's mostly because Josh is lazy. And there's nothing it's we gone. can do. There's nothing we can do. He's gone. He's gone. It's gone. The video's gone. We haven't gone. had hiatus since 2009 or so. It's the Rucka show. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we, we, every week for two plus years, we needed to take a hiatus. Yeah. Listen. Which is listen. fair. The big shows, the, the TV shows, they get a hiatus, and they make a lot more money than we do. A lot. <laughs> they get to rest. They get islands and shit like that. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at i i i fanboys 326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc. We got some long voicemails, as Ron alluded to. Don't talk so much, because we can't use it, because we only have so much time in the show. But, you know. A lot of good voicemails have been coming in, so keep that up, please. Yes. And if you like what you, you hear, go to iTunes or to review this podcast as well as the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast and tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash iFanboy, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash iFanboy, and you can spread the word there as well. Tweet out that you like iFanboy, post it on Facebook, let your friends know, on Google+, all that fun stuff. It's help us spread the iFanboy word, the iFanboy gospel. We Say it, but be like qualified. Be like, I like iFanboy, but not that Josh guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. so, buy my book <laughs> so until next time yeah, I bought your book this week yeah <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, I did, I I did. I saw, and you tweeted my, it and you tweeted my it. instinct I, is to say I'm sorry well, no, 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 I don't know what that tweet out about it what's, fu- yeah. what's funny is that I saw you tweet about it and I almost wrote back I'm like you didn't buy the book yet like I bought it the first day it was out I, only, I, didn't, I didn't have a Kindle app my, my, to, uh, it's a whole thing Ron. let's be honest Connor, Connor got the better copy um, yeah, I got the, the first one jacked up alright so until next week I'm Ron I'm Josh and I'm writing hard. (laughs) We'll see you next week. So hard.